year here, so big, each time we come and think, is this the same place? So God is really on the move here. Bless you guys so much. And you know what I love? I love the prophetic. I love when God puts things into place and says things before I've even spoken. Because what Jamie didn't realize at all when he spoke about rebuilding the wall was that I'm speaking on Nehemiah today and the rebuilding of the wall. Because over the past year about, God has been speaking to me about Nehemiah over and over and the call of Nehemiah, which is our call really. And so I want to more or less tell you a story more than preach. I'm going to tell you a story about my wonderful friend Nehemiah. I read him lots, so I love him lots. And I would like to be a bit like Nehemiah. And the young men and the young women and the older men and the older women, we are all part of the rebuilding of the broken walls. So you can open your Bibles. I'm not going to read from it, but just to show I am reading in the Bible. Um, Nehemiah 1, I'm going to go quickly through the story. And Nehemiah was a slave, a servant. He had been captured uh, from Judah and brought to um, this king Artaxerxes. That's quite a word. And Nehemiah's job Nehemiah's job was to serve wine to the king. But Nehemiah heard that some people had come from, from Jerusalem, from Judah, with reports on what was happening back home. So Nehemiah went to see them and said, what's going on? And they said, oh, bad news. Everything is disrupted in Jerusalem and the walls are broken and they've been burnt. There's nothing left of the walls. And when Nehemiah heard this, he wept. He wept. He wept. And Father, I want to ask that you get hold of our hearts, really. Because walls are broken down all around us. And we ask that you get hold of our hearts and melt our hearts and give us these jobs to do, Father, in rebuilding the walls, in Jesus' name. And Nehemiah took some time out and he went and he fasted and he prayed and he called on God and said, Lord, I'm so sorry for the sin that has happened. And for, for our sin and my sin, I'm so sorry, Lord. Now, will you come and do something? Come and do something. And you know, so often we pray, Lord, come and do something, but use him. <laughs> or use her. But this is Nehemiah then, standing up to do something. You must realize he's in the palace. And he's, he has this unenviable job of taking the first sip of wine before giving it to the king, just in case somebody had poisoned the wine, because in those days, kings were, you know, disposed of very easily. So they would have somebody to come and taste the wine and taste the food to see whether it was poisoned. So Nehemiah never knew whether he'd have it tomorrow because of poison in the wine. 
And the thing about Nehemiah was, he wasn't allowed to have a miserable face when he served the wine. He had to be a slave, and you've got to serve the wine with a grin. And you just had to taste to see, you know, you grin and you taste to see if it's poisoned, and then you grin and you serve the king. Um, quite a job, especially when his heart was so sad, just being a slave, really, in a foreign land. Well, this day, he couldn't put on a happy face. It was a matter of, well, I suppose a bit like Esther, if I perish, I perish. I, I can't, I can't smile when I'm not happy. Look what's happening to the walls of my nation. And so he came in all miserable, and the king looked at him. Now the king could have said, why are you so miserable? Off with your head. Because that was what would be expected. But the king said to him, why are you so sad? This is a sadness of heart. And you know, sometimes when God wants to give us a job, and we are so nervous that your heart beats and your mouth goes all dry, unless it's only me that happens to you know those times, and you think, oh, how am I ever going to do this? You know what I've found? He said, when God gives me, especially one of those difficult jobs, he's actually prepared the person I'm going to. He is so kind and so loving and generous that we don't realize, but the people have got to go to them. And, oh, it's so scary. But often God has put his hand on them, and they're ready to receive us more than what we even know. And so we stay away because of fear instead of, no, let's step out and see what God will do. So he says to Nehemiah, so what's going on? Nehemiah says, the walls of my city are broken down and I am so sad. And the king, with the queen sitting next to him, says, so what do you want me to do? And Nehemiah says, I would like to go back home to rebuild the walls. That's quite something for the slave to say to the king, I want to go back home. But I love the boldness that comes on Nehemiah. Because what it, the Bible says is, as the king talks to him, it says, and so I turn my eyes to heaven. You see, before Nehemiah gave his reply, he said, oh, Lord, help me now. He connected with God. And I feel that's our key. It's a connection with God. If God's given you a difficult job to do, go and do it. But always, oh, Lord, if you don't come, as was said this morning, what's going to happen? You've got to come. You've got to come. Please help. And he had this connection with God. He knew he couldn't do it by himself. So he says to the king, I need to go back home. And the king says yes. You know, when God has got a commission for someone. No matter what their state of mind is, they've got to say yes. In Proverbs it says, the king's heart is like water in the, in the hands of the Lord. He directs it. And God was directing the king's hands that day to give favor to um, Nehemiah. And Nehemiah knew the favor of God on him. Because he kept on saying, the gracious hand of the Lord is on me. Is the gracious hand of the Lord on you today? Yes. Exactly. Exactly. We are all the Nehemiahs of our day. So, you know what I love? Nehemiah 
When the king says, what do you want? It's the shopping list. It's like, well, king, I need to go back and I need to rebuild. Therefore, I will need timber. So I want like an access into the forest to get timber, please. And then while you're about it, it's not going to be safe for me to travel. So I'm going to need letters that give permission to actually get this timber and so on. And then why are you about it? How about a guard to go with me? And then, now why are you about it? I mean, this is a slave to a pagan king, really. Why are you about it? When I'm in this, in Jerusalem, I'm going to need a place to stay. Therefore, I would like some timber for my house too. I mean, isn't that a bit of a cheek? <laughs> he was so brave because he knew the gracious hand of the Lord was on him. And the king said yes, and gave this all to him, which is astounding. Now you know, if Nehemiah can come to this pagan king and say, well then there's this, and there's that, and there's that. Because the gracious hand of the Lord is on him. How much more we, who have Jesus living in us, can come to our King, who just loves us to bits. Who just fills us to use us to rebuild walls all the time. How much more can we come and say, Lord, this is what I need. This is what I need. I'm lacking this and this and this for this rebuild. Come and fill me. But then we can't sit at home waiting for the infilling before I do anything. Because Nehemiah actually had to go and he sneaked around the walls of Jerusalem all by himself at night. And uh, it doesn't say this in the Bible, and I'm making this up, but this would be me. You see, I don't think Nehemiah told anybody else in case he wanted to chicken out. You see, when God gives me something to do, I don't talk about it very easily at first because I don't want other people to know that they're going to hold me accountable to what God said. So I'm quiet for a while. And so in that way, I've put that into Nehemiah. He went round all by himself looking at the extent to see... What's going on here? And then he got people together. And he spoke vision over people. You know, we are the visionaries. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you actually have eyes to see. We are visionaries to see what God is doing. He's made us all visionaries. And as we speak vision into, oh, look how miserable the world is. Then we all do this. But it's, hold on. The world might be miserable, but we have hope. That's vision. We've got to speak vision. As Christians, especially when you go out into your work, your job, and everybody's moaning, we've got to be able to say, hold on. I have hope. And people think, oh, you, what hope? And it can be very embarrassing. But it's actually worth giving it a go. Because people need to know, we, we are the hope bringers. We are the hope carriers that give vision to people. And then, my friend Nehemiah, he got 
the, 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 his people together. And he said, come on, let's rebuild. And this morning, those prophecies came about God wanting to, to, to build. Because nothing is new under the sun, the Bible says. It's, it's always the same. There's always rebuilding that needs to be done. And you know, Nehemiah needed um, an army with him. You know, all these people to care for him. We have angels all around us, actually caring for us, sent to look after us. We have the Holy Spirit in us to actually help us to discern what's going on. And so we have the armor of God from, from um, Ephesians 6. The helmet, the breastplate, we've got it all. We've got it all. We don't have to depend on outside armies. We are the army of God. That's quite amazing. That's quite astounding, really. But then, my poor friend, Nehemiah, he has these men called Sanballat and Tobiah. Oh. Can you say Sanballat and Tobiah? In the most, come on, in the most miserable voice you can. Sanballat and Tobiah. Oh. And you know, in life, we all have Sanballat and Tobiahs around us. Because we've got an enemy. It's not people. We've got an enemy. And he's real. And, he, and he's alive. And when we start rebuilding, because the Bible says that Sanballat and Tobiah, they rose up in anger because somebody cared for the city. Isn't it amazing? As soon as the church stands up and says, we are the church, we are God's hope for the nation, we are his plan A, then the enemy roars and the onslaught comes against us. Am I right? It, it's a given. It's a natural. That's what happens. It is the enemy doing his job. It's just his job. And because we know he's around, we go running back to the Father. Because what I love about Nehemiah is, when Sanballat and Tobiah, they mocked him, and they said, ha, look at you trying to rebuild with those broken bricks, those stones, are charred. And sometimes we feel like charred stones. Not so? How can you rebuild with charred stones? And, um, and you know, we are, we are God's living stones, also being built into the wall. He comes and he fixes the charredness of us. He's forgiven us. And he comes and he wipes clean and he heals and he restores so that we are the living stones being built into his, his temple, his wall. Um, but with Nehemiah, he never, ever got discouraged. As soon as the Sanballat and Tobiah came, he said, No, I will not. I'm not going to listen to you. You see, there's the key. Because the enemy comes in all kinds of ways to discourage us. And so often we just give in. Oh, maybe it wasn't God. Maybe, maybe it's just my imagination. Maybe I'm out of line. Maybe I shouldn't. Because that's his job to whisper to us. But it's our job to say, hold on, I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. 
And I believe God has given me this to do. So I am going to do it. But Sam Ballet and Tobiah wouldn't give up. So they wrote a letter. And the Bible says it's an open letter. Now you know when you post a letter, you lick it so that nobody will read it. Imagine sending an open letter. That means, everybody please read what we've written there. And it was uh, a letter saying bad things about Nehemiah, saying that he wants to become king. Or he wants to set himself up over the nation and so on. Now, sometimes if that happens, we could think, oh, I'd better not do any more because they think I'm showing off or they think that I want to be the boss or they think. Nehemiah said, no way. I'm about a good work. I am not going to listen to that. And he answered, Sanballat and Tobiah, while fixing the wall. And you know, this wall was built by, it says, perfume makers. It says, it was people who worked at the Diamond Gate. Uh, quite a kind of a hooey job then. But people were, uh, were put at the Dung Gate to rebuild. The perfume made makers rebuilt. It even says one father with his daughters rebuilt. It says some built in front of their house and some built on the other side of the city. So we build wherever we are. So if you are at home, you build. If you work in the city, you build. If you work in Kent, you build. People were sent to wherever they were needed to build. Uh, I love the way the whole wall was covered by people, whether they were at home or away. Amazing. They were all missionaries, whether they were at home or whether they were abroad. And... Um, the danger got even more. And it says, every time the trumpet sounded, everybody got together to listen to Nehemiah. And it says, in the end they worked with a trowel in the one hand and a sword in the other. Isn't that amazing? I love that picture. A trowel in the one hand and a sword in the other. But also there were guards put behind them. We should be guarding each other's backs. And you know, may I say to the congregation, pray for your leaders. Pray for your worship leaders. Pray for your leaders. Because the Bible says that the enemy hits the shepherd and the sheep scatter. And so it's the shepherds who must be prayed for much. Then we are all blessed. That makes sense. But so often we look at the shepherds and we think, oh, well, it's all right for them. Look at all my problems. But they are leaders and therefore they've got it all. And it's not like that. It's an anointing on them, but they need the backing of the congregation in prayer to keep them going solid and sound so that we all go solid and sound. And then as a last ditch, Sam Ballard and Tobiah said, do you know what? People are coming to kill you. Come near Maya, meet with us in the temple. Come and hide away in the temple. And I love what Nehemiah said. Should a man not, such as I get down from the wall? 
you will, I want you to close your eyes for one second and think, should a man, should a woman such as I get down from the wall? That is our answer. That is our answer to when the enemy comes and says, do this, do this, do this. Should we get down from the wall? No, we were saved to actually be the hope of the nation. We were saved with the aroma of Christ flowing from us. We were saved to bring hope into wherever we are. We are saved and filled so that from us into the world will flow healing and joy and to bring salvation, to bring the name of Jesus wherever God has put us. So whether you come from another nation or from this nation, we are all here at such a time to rebuild where we are at. So we are from South Africa, we've come to rebuild in this nation. Amazing. It's, it's how God just organizes it, that every brick, every stone is needed. And he wants to come and bring great healing to us, great healing and restoration and use us to rebuild broken walls all around us as he restores us. The stuff that's wrong in us, that is a bit broken, he comes and restores. And so he is such, such a great God. And Father, I want to ask, well, for such an infilling of the Holy Spirit here, Father, such a taking up of this challenge, because it is quite a challenge. You see, Jesus came to die on the cross for us, to come and set us free, to come and forgive us of sin. And to set us free, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be washed clean by His blood. And it all sounds so um, difficult. Nice when we sit in church and listen, but quite difficult when you go out there and want to say something like this. But the gospel is the thing that, in Jesus that saves people. We can sing, we can do all these things, but salvation comes from Jesus, from gospel, from coming to Jesus to say, I'm so sorry for my sin. I'm so sorry. Will you forgive me, Lord? And he just comes and he forgives and he washes us clean. And we, Greg and I, travel throughout this nation to many, many, many churches. And um, we, I, I can tell you, the church in the UK is doing pretty well. It's doing well. No matter what news may say, or newspapers and all that, the church is doing well. But I see this wave, this wave of salvation coming. It's like God came and He brought restoration to our souls. The Father heart of God came to bring healing and wholeness. And now, with what we've got of that healing, it's like it's come with a new wave and said, now take it out. Take it out into the nations. And with what's happening on our news uh, over the past nine days even, and then even this week more stuff happening, we really need, as church, to stand up like Nehemiah as the answer 
That's quite a challenge. But if we give in to fear, what hope is there for the world? Yeah. We are those who do not fear. We do not get down from the wall no matter what is happening. And we, we bring good news. We are the good news bringers, not the adding to the fear bringers. Is that okay? It is. Not, we shouldn't be adding to the fear. We should be speaking the hope to ourselves. And, and hope to others. That is our job and our role, really. And I, we have seen so many people come to Jesus over this past year. Something's changing. We've seen more people healed and delivered and becoming bold in God. We've seen the church stand up to roar again instead of um, waiting, waiting for something. Because, you know, we wait for the Bible. But you know what? I say to myself, no, I'm not going to wait. I'm carrying revival. If that makes sense? Yeah? The kingdom of God is within me. Jesus said, you look here and you look there for the kingdom, but the kingdom of God is within you. It's him. And so where I put my feet, I carry the kingdom and carry revival. So it's not like like reading revival books, but it's not going to come in the same way. We are now revival carriers ourselves, and as we step out to rebuild, as we step out to bring grace to people, you find revival comes. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit. Father, we need to be recommissioned, like Nehemiah was commissioned by you to actually bring a rebuild. Father, will you come? And bring a rebuild to us. If you are willing, it's all grace, and so nobody has to do this. Now, if you are a visitor, um, and you are not a disciple of Jesus, oh, today is your day. Today is your day. Because he brought you here, he loves you so much. And so after the meeting, please come and speak to me or somebody you saw up here or your friend who brought you or somebody. Please don't go out not having asked for prayer or asking for an explanation. But if you are a disciple of Jesus, I want to give you a small, we would say in South Africa, in one of our languages, Small challenge. If you are a Nehemiah and you want to rebuild the walls, and and this is a very serious thing really, it's very serious. You know, I look at you and you are so full of the Holy Spirit and power that, uh, I mean, if you get on the move, oh boy, you're like a steamroller. Do you see? With power. You like steamrollers. The presence of God here is so amazing. You are full to overflowing. The, the gracious hand of the Lord is on you. And it's for a purpose. It is for us because he thinks we're great. But there's also, it's not all about me. There's out there. There's out there. There's our families. And there's just out there. There's a, a nation that's a bit scared now for the future. It's like, come on, church. Come on, church. 
The name of Jesus is so wonderful that the enemy has to bow. And I don't mean people, I mean the evil one has to bow. But he's got to bow in people too. And so um, God has just made you powerful. So if you will, if you want to be commissioned into this next, maybe, season of power, of rebuilding walls, of um, actually seeing things happen, because you know Nehemiah, he completed the job. That's what I love. He completed the job. It was very difficult, but he completed So I wonder if you will stand, if you are willing to be a rebuilder of broken walls, wherever you are, which hometown, if you are willing. Holy Spirit.